Learning Self-Denial from Christ by Charles H. Spurgeon Read by R.C. Sproul, Jr. Our text is 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Note carefully the words of the text. It saith not only that Christ bore our sins, but from the full unqualified expression that is used, it is implied that he bore them all, who his own self bear our sins. That is to say, whatever sins a believer has ever committed or ever will commit, Christ bore them on the tree. Sins original and sins natural, sins actual and practical, sins of thought, word, and deed, heinous sin, blasphemies, uncleannesses, those that are thought to be the minor sins, evil imaginations, hasty words. I will not go on with the list, for time would fail me to get to the end of it, but when you have mentioned all the sins you can think of, I can still say that the text covers them all. Who his own self bear our sins. Not some of them, not the greater ones, not the lesser ones to the exclusion of the greater, but our, our sins in his own body on the tree. And the text teaches us that Christ completely bore all our sins, who his own self bare our sins. They were all laid upon him, and he did effectually carry them away and make an end to them. He bore them to the tree, says the margin, and crucified them there. He carried them upon his shoulders up to the cross, and there, once for all, annihilated them, so that they have ceased to be. O oh, my soul, rejoice, as thou dost look upon the sin-bearer, who made a full, complete, and absolutely acceptable atonement, finished transgression, made an end of sins, made reconciliation for iniquity, and brought in everlasting righteousness, as it was foretold that the Messiah would do. In this we do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. The text also implies, from its being free from any kind of limitation, that Christ alone bore them, who his own self bare our sins. There was no Peter, James, or John to help him in his hour of deepest need, nor did an angel tread that winepress side by side with him. Alone and single-handed, our great champion entered the arena and won the victory for us. Let this be one of the chief articles in our creed henceforth and forevermore. I say to the man who calls himself a priest, no, sir. 
I do not want any absolution from you, even though you may be a lineal descent of the apostles through Judas Iscariot. For I am perfectly satisfied with the forgiveness that I have obtained by faith in Christ Jesus. You say that you can offer for me the unbloody sacrifice of the Mass in order to help in the putting away of my sin, but I need nothing of the kind. For Christ, his own self, bear our sins in his own body on the tree. On that tree, he himself said of his atoning sacrifice, It is finished. John 19.30 But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Hebrews 10, 12 through 14. These words, let these words roll out like a thunder peal. And let all men know that there is no need of any addition to that sacrifice, either of penance or purgatory or human merit or priestly power, nor can there be any repetition of it. Love's redeeming work was done by Christ alone, and in him we rest, and in him alone. The sweetness, however, of this passage lies in the fact that Christ bore our sins. Come, brethren and sisters, can we all say Christ bore our sins? I'm not now talking of the general aspect of the work of Christ, for it had a special aspect to believers, and the full blessings of the atonement only come to them. Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Ephesians 5.25 Can we say then, who his own self bear our sins? Let me put it in the singular and pass it around to each one here. Can you say, my friend, who his own self bear my sins in his own body on the tree? My sins so many and so heavy, and one so terrible to me. He bore them, bore them all, and I am clear and free from every charge because he bore them. This is being saved. I trust Christ and know in consequence that he bore my sins, then I am saved. How many of you are thus saved? May the heart-searching spirit of God go from soul to soul and constrain you to give a true answer. If you cannot reply in the way we wish, give the other answer and say, I do not know that Christ did bear my sins. When you get home, write that down and look at it. I am not trusting in Christ. I have neither part nor lot in him. My sin is pressing upon me, but I have no saving interest in Christ. I think that if you were to write that down legibly with pen and ink, then sit down a little while and think it over, it might be much more useful to you than any word of mine. No, sir, you say, I should not like to write that. But surely you may write what is true. 
A man ought not to be afraid to know the truth about his spiritual state, nor yet to write it for his own eye to see. I do not ask you to print it in a newspaper or in a book, but just to put it down for your own information. I am without Christ. I am an unbeliever. I am still in my sins. If I die as I am, I shall be lost. Oh, may God grant that you may see your true condition, feel it, and not rest until you can say, Now I have believed and I know that Christ, his own self, bore my sins in his own body on the tree. If you are trusting him, you know that he did so. Your faith is the evidence of your election and the proof of your redemption, and if you do but simply and completely trust him, he has saved you. You may rejoice in the fact that in the sight of God you are fully and freely forgiven. Jesus Christ bore our sins in his own body on the tree. He was not constrained to do it. He might still have remained in heaven, sharing in all his Father's glory forever, but out of love and pity for us. He descended from his divine eminence, veiled his Godhead in our humanity, and came to earth among the sons of men, that he might bear his people's sins up to the tree and away from the tree. Is it possible for us to estimate the stoop of love and the amazing suffering that he endured for us? Then let us learn from him what self-sacrifice means. I do not believe in our service for Christ always being pleasant. If we are truly his servants, there will sometimes be a galling of the shoulders by the yoke of our servitude, and we shall delight to be thus galled for his sake. Has any Christian man ever given what he ought to give until he reaches the pinching point when he has to deny himself in order that he may give to God's cause? Has a Christian man ever done for his Savior what he ought to do if he's not come to the point of real self-denial in it? I do not expect much from some people, but from those for whom Christ died. From those whose sins he bore, we ought to expect anything and everything of which they are capable. If they act up to the measure of their sacred obligations... Many servants of our Lord Jesus Christ have been content to be poor or have been satisfied to abide in a very lowly station in life or have been willing to go to distant lands and suffer great privations and hardships. The secret of their willingness to deny themselves has been that each of them could truly say, Christ denied himself for my sake. He bore my sin on Calvary's cross and if his blessed and perfect shoulders could bear the load of my sin, shall I not bear the far lighter load of his service? Shall I not take his yoke upon me and learn of him as he has bidden me do? Are you worried by the little troubles of the family? Are you getting tired of trying to bear a testimony for Christ in the workshop? Are you becoming weary, my brother or my sister? Then remember what Paul wrote to the Hebrews. Consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. 
Think how he bore your sins. And from this moment feel I will count self-denial to be a luxury if I may but exhibit to him my love and let him see that I am not altogether oblivious of that which he endured for me. Come, beloved, can you not be stirred up to some nobler form of love than you've ever before known? Is there not something more that you could do or something more that you could suffer by way of proving your love to him who, his own self, bore your sins in his own body on the tree? In the next place, see what abasement there was in Jesus Christ bearing our sins up, up, up our soaring Jesus Christ bearing our sins, thoughts may fly, but we can never reach the height of his magnificence in the eternal world with the Father. Yet down, down, down he comes until he is a poor man, nay, more, a despised man, a suffering man, a condemned man, a crucified man, a dead man lying in a borrowed tomb. That is a wondrous stoop. But the greatest condescension of all is indicated by that expression in our text, who his own self bear our sins. Well then, what say we concerning this abasement of our Lord? Why, surely that we ought to be ready to be despised and reproached for Christ's name's sake. I think we get off wonderfully easy in these days compared with what some Christians have had to bear for Christ's sake in the Gospels. Yet, in days gone by, some of us have known what it is to have all manner of evil spoken against us falsely and to be reviled again and again for Christ's sake. It is a good thing when a Christian minister feels that he has given up his character and everything else to Christ so that if men choose to slander and abuse him, he will bear it all so long, as he may thereby but honor Christ and keep his conscience clean. If you are a Christian, you must expect to be dragged through all the muddy pools that your persecutors can find. If you do even a little wrong, they will magnify it a thousand times. If you do no wrong at all, the most blameless life will not enable you to escape from the envenomed tongue of slander. If that is your lot, just bear it. Be willing to be Christ's servant, to be, as the Apostle Paul was, Christ's branded slave, bearing in your body the marks of the Lord Jesus. I know that some of you young people get dreadfully frightened at the ugly epithets that have been applied to you. Perhaps you say that you do not like to be ridiculed because you are a Christian. Why, you ought to be proud of such treatment. Just adopt the very nickname that they give you, and let it be to you what the stars and garters are to the nobility of England. Bear it as the insignia of a knight companion of the cross of Christ. The Lord grant you grace in this matter to account the reproach of Christ to be greater riches than all the treasures of Egypt. Those two things are, I think, clearly enough set forth in our text, our Savior's self-sacrifice and self-abasement, and it is equally clear that those who would be his followers should imitate him as far as they can in both these respects.